0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want To Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Oscar on who is a blacksmith. Hi Oscar, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you actually do, Oscar?
1: So I'm a blacksmith. I would class myself probably as an artistic blacksmith. And so this is different to say farriering, which is what a lot of people think of when they think of blacksmiths, you know, they think of shoeing horses. And so I'm not a blacksmith who shoes horses. I make sculptures, I make all sorts of things like gates. You know, I, I am very much an artistic blacksmith rather than a farrier who deals with horses
2: so it's funny you say they're the two to me i, I think i then i actually spoke about this before uh, before we started here i think a blacksmith i just think of, like swords and knives
1: well yeah yeah so that's that's the other thing you know we get you, you get asked so what what do you make and you go you know people people will ask you do you do you make shoe horses and i say no do you do you make swords and i say no do you make axes and i say no and then they go well what do you make and, it, and it's you know it's all that.
0: I can't imagine there's much of a market for a broadsword these days. No, no. I mean, you'd be surprised. I, I've seen,
1: you know, plenty of people making swords and things, but yeah, it's never something that that I'm that I've done.
2: <laughs> so, so, where did all this start for you?
1: So, as a kid, I, I like to make things. You know, I was sort of, I was always making things with my hands, and I used to, I used to make bows and arrows.
0: That's quite was, cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, i, I would put uh, stone points on the end of these arrows, but they weren't very good because they, you know, they'd hit rocks and things and then snap off. So I was thinking, you know, how how can I how can I make these arrows better? And I thought steel points. So I looked up, <laughs> literally looked it up on YouTube, how to make steel arrowheads, and there, there pops up this video of a blacksmith making these arrowheads, and I was like, well, there we go. I'll do that. So me, age thirteen went out in the garden, dug a hole, made myself some charcoal, uh, used my mum's my hairdryer, my dad's claw hammer and a block of wood, <laughs> made this made this steel arrowhead. And then literally after that, I was like, well, I've got a forge now, so what else can I make?
2: That you, is a brilliant story. You made arrows at the age of 13. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, in a fired forge as
0: well. Yeah.
1: A dangerous child.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly ingenuitive, using your
2: mum's hairdryer. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff that I could find
1: around the house. I didn't
2: have any money, so. So, what happened after that? What was school like for you, and what was your progress there?
1: Yeah, so I did do, at school, I did uh, DT, DT design, you know, design technology. Um, and in that, I was, a, was able to do blacksmithing, because there was actually a forge at school, a gas forge at school. So, I did that for my GCSE, or one of my GCSEs, and then... I've just finished college and at college I'm doing product design again just at A level and again I've been doing blacksmithing and that but on on Saturdays for about the past sort of 4 years I was working part-time with Bill Carter at Trap Forge and so that was sort of a part-time apprenticeship really where I've properly you know built up my skills through that.
0: And then have you started your own uh, sort of business on the, on the side now? Is that yes. what you're going into?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Trap Forge is finished and Bill's moved on to, to some other work at the moment. Working, It's actually interesting what he's doing. He's still working as a blacksmith. I think his official title is Forge Master now. And he's working... That's wicked. ...making, making steam trains, making parts for oh, steam cool. trains. Because all of the... They
2: all bespoke stuff, yeah
1: it's all forged work so they're they, they have like a three year order book there it's ridiculous wow. the amount of work because they're about the only place in the country that are doing it
0: has that ever intrigued you that kind of line of work
1: yeah so that's that is more industrial you know it's they, they have a, a power hammer there which I think is a, a two ton weight so the, the wow. steel that comes down weighs two ton which is you know huge compared with my three pound hammer or whatever <laughs> use. Um but yeah, I, I am interested in that bigger side, you know, the more industrial stuff. I think it would be cool. So that that
2: obviously one. you spoke about the stuff you do now. You do like gates and artistry, um, bits of metalwork. Yeah. Uh, how did you sort of find that? And did you sort of learn that through school and college, or was it more just you practicing that sort of stuff?
1: So a lot of it is is not through college. The the I had those tutors at college, but they were very much design tutors and they had no idea what, what I was doing, all the stuff that I was doing. I've either taught myself or I learned it off bill on 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 Saturdays. Um the tutors themselves didn't really, you know, I was sort of a bit of a wild card. They didn't really know, <laughs> know what to do. So they just left me to it and I was I was able just to to make what I wanted.
2: And so how come you chose the more artistry side of things?
1: Uh mainly because I don't really like horses. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, and firing, you day in, day out, you go in and you're shoeing horses and that's all that you're doing. Whereas with this, it changes every day. Every day I'm making something different. Mm, which is it, it's that variety, it gives it interest and you have that artistic artistic ability to to make these designs and, and hopefully create something that somebody will want to buy
0: yeah i suppose that's the thing with blacksmithing now like you say unless you're on the industrial side which i assume is obviously so much smaller than it used to be you talked about yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, you know making train parts and whatnot but is there what's the market like for for blacksmithing stuff you know your artistry stuff is it all local stuff or is it um are you selling to sort it's, of well who are you selling to yeah,
1: yeah. so you know, usually it would have been local stuff, but now with social media, it's ridiculous some of the places that I've sent stuff to. Like, I've sent stuff to Moscow, I've sent stuff to France, I've sent stuff to the States, all over. It's international now just through that, you know, wow. social media platform out there on the internet, and it's, it's amazing. And
2: it, is that them asking you for specific stuff, or do you sort of have, like have a catalogue that you people buy from?
1: so yeah that's the split so there's i've got a website and on the website there are set products which i'll make in a batch so i'll do you know 15 or 30 of them as a as a batch to then put on the website and people can look on there and buy them if they want and then there's the the commission so somebody might come to me and go can you make a fire pit or something and, I, and i'll go yeah i can do this design for this much money or this design for this much money and yeah, and it's sort of a, a, a I su- suggest something, they comment on it, comes back to me and it, it's that relay of uh, communication.
0: Mm. I guess Blacksmithing has had a bit of a revival in the in the public eye over recent years. You know, Julie was talking about the swords and whatnot, and I think that all comes from the Forged in Fire show yes. um, and, and things like that. Does that ever intrigue you? Would you ever sort of, if somebody said you will commission, you know, Uh, some sort of weapon, or you you really focused on the artistry side?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not –
0: I don't think I would ever make
1: a weapon to sell. I think I might do it for myself, but I I think if somebody came to me going, can you make me a claim or can you make me a broadsword, I'd I'd probably go, no. (laughs) 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 It's not something really that I want to be doing. I prefer the much more – the natural forms and all of these Mm -hmm. flowing – flowing designs that's what i like to do really
2: so what's the, an average day for you like at the moment
1: so it does change day to day as i was saying it's it, it varies and there is that split between the production stuff and the the commissions but generally i'll get up go to work 4 9 o'clock be there like the forge Well, depends on what i'm doing if i'm on the forge i like the forge and make usually you know if i'm doing stuff for the the website I'll do a batch run. So I'll, I'll be using jigs and things. So I'll, let's say I'm making a lot of hearts. I'll call all the steel for that forge out, say 30 hearts. That might take me a day. And then the next day I might do another production run on a different item or be doing a commission piece, which is then a bit more unique and a bit more specialist for that particular client.
2: Um- Obviously you've had to set up a forge. What was sort of the process of you sort of getting involved with your own forge and setting up your own business in that way?
1: So I was very lucky because I I'd known Bill Carter. And as I was saying, he then stopped at Trap Forge and went off to do his own own. Well, the forge master thing at the, the uh, train place. And so he was downsizing. And so I managed to get a lot of the equipment or a lot of equipment off him, which was very useful and then i i have a, a building just on a farm where i have put all my put all my equipment in which i work off and that's that's really useful for me but a lot of people they'll just get a little building on an industrial estate or like bill at the moment he has a he has a at his home which is just in his garage so that's
0: blimey yeah i
1: know it's it's uh there's a lot of variety
0: is is this a very much um based around your forge kind of job or you do you do a bit of traveling where you go and sort of look for inspiration or materials or how does that work?
1: So there is that's the other side to it is the the selling point. That's one of the things is that you will go around quite often to do shows. So like the Yorkshire show, you know, all these agricultural shows, quite often I'll go get a stand there and set up so i might be doing a demonstration as well as having a table with a load of products on for for sale and there that tends to happen in the summer so i might be doing a couple of shows throughout the summer but then also there's 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 uh, what i want to do now is travel around england and then hopefully the world depending on covid and all of that situation and work with a load of different blacksmiths so go around, sort of almost like a journeyman apprenticeship, traveling, looking at how different people do it from different cultures and yeah. all of their their designs, and using that for my own my own inspiration.
0: What what part of the world intrigues you the most with their blacksmithing? Would it be somewhere like I don't know Japan or, or somewhere like that? Japan
1: is is a pretty cool place. It, it, blacksmithing in Japan is is very different, I would say. But something that I'm definitely interested in. It's it's very special. The whole the tool making side of it is is very interesting. But there's, I mean, on social media and things, there's a lot of Russian blacksmiths actually okay. the, on the on the sort of the gate side of things and the the ornamental side. There's a lot coming out of Russia, which which I was surprised at, but it's it's interesting. So I might might go there at some point. Okay.
2: Now, obviously, over. You know, hundreds of years back, it's always been a blacksmith has produced um, any metal work or iron work that's been needed. Obviously, it's been industrialized over the years. Do you see um, much competitiveness when your own industry is blacksmith to these industrial uh, uh, places, you know, producing like gates day in, day out?
1: Yes. Yeah. In a way, there is that, you (laughs) you know, I can make, I'll make a set of gates, which are, I would like to think of better quality to those, those industrial ones, which, you know, they are, they are mass, produ- mass produced and they are yeah. the best quality, but it's people won't, people, a lot of people aren't prepared to pay for the gate, which I would make, rather than just having that—that that, you know, in my mind, that piece of rubbish sitting outside the house—and it's <laughs> you got to know your, that what they're going to value, and so you you have to pitch yourself as that traditional
0: handmade piece of ironwork that's going to last for for ages. I have to say, we've had quite a few sort of artisans i guess we'd refer to you as or, or people that work yeah. with their hands and i think there is a real um push now from the customer to go for something that's more handmade and a bit better quality that will last longer
1: definitely um, and has
0: a bit more about it i guess
1: definitely I, I i think that that is the definitely the main selling point from my point of view but also it's it's as as a consumer myself as a customer myself it's something you, you take an item and you think somebody's, somebody else has made that with their hands and you know, the amount of work that's gone into it and, and you can sort of, it, it gains sentimental value rather than this thing that might have been made by a machine in a different country. You know, it's not local. And it is that contrast and that is where the value comes in. And that's why you would value the, the better quality handmade product, hopefully.
0: Mm. and what about the science side of forging you know the the different temperature points and and what you blend with how hard is that to learn
1: so there is the yeah the the i would say the heat treatment is the main science point in in blacksmithing and so a lot of the time what we have to do is we have to make our own tools so hammers and chisels and punches and all sorts of things and then you have to heat treat them so the heat treatment is basically where you heat a carbon steel quench it in oil which makes it hard and then you have to temper it so that it doesn't snap as it is it makes it very brittle and you have to know the correct temperature to quench it at and then the correct temperature to bring it back up to tempering which can be a little bit complicated as every steel is different and some steels won't get hard other steels are a bit useless like cast iron is just too brittle for for forging uses really and so you have to learn what you're doing when you're making tools and how how to temper them correctly that's not so much relevant in the the ornamental stuff that i do in the the day-to-day stuff i, I don't heat treat that because there's no point really mm. so there is you do have to know that temperature yeah. and you have to you learn that yourself through the color of the steel that's the main giveaway
2: okay and what sort of personality traits do you uh, do you see a blacksmith requiring um a lot of
1: people would say say uh, blacksmiths are, are rather grumpy people and, and <laughs> angry as they they tend to hit steel all day. But I would like to think that that you have to be sort of, you're not angry all the time, obviously, is if you are angry, you are just beating the hell out of this piece of steel and you're not not controlling yourself. You have to be determined is what I would say, Um, resilient. You can't, you know, you are swinging this hammer all day, every day. You have to have a bit of physical strength, but you have to also have an open mind in a way, is on the artistic side of it, you, you gain inspiration from, from the world around you. And so you want that open approach to everything and
0: just give it, a,
1: give it your all, really.
0: I watched one of your videos oh. earlier today. Uh, oh, yes. You made a, a tool where you could sort of um, do a bark impression. Yes. That uh, yes. was a great watch, actually. Um, and it seemed like, obviously, it's quite a physical job uh, do you find that's quite, at the end of the day, you're a bit a bit tired, a bit knackered? Yes, uh, uh,
1: at the end of the week, I'm rather, rather knackered. Um, but you do get used to it. I can remember that when I started, it was particularly your, your forearm, actually. where That's where, what would ache, you know, after you've been swinging a hammer all day. And I would sweat, you know, uh, I'm always sweating. I have a fan <laughs> fan blowing on me. To keep me cool, but it doesn't really work. I'm next to the forge, which is, you know, a, a thousand degrees. Yeah. So I get I get very hot and tired, but at the end of the day, I like my bed. I like my sleep. <laughs>
0: um. So, what are some of the biggest opportunities and positives you've taken from the industry so far?
1: So. I have to say uh, that it is a very giving community is in the whole the blacksmithing community, so I go to the the Yorkshire Show a lot or once a year, and there's a a group of theres a group of blacksmiths who go to that, and they're all very really nice people, and I get to go see them, see some mastersmiths, watch them work, and they're all really helpful in in giving me pointers on how I can improve, but also just a, a really nice bunch of people.
2: That's really good. Um, there is such a like community base, particularly in a in a job like yours where there's not, you know, a blacksmith in every village sort of thing, is there?
1: No, no. And, and, and please...
2: also, please... <laughs>
1: some days it's I'm I'm just there, you know. It's only it's only me in the workshop. Yeah. And so to get away from that and actually go and meet a lot of other people who are doing the same thing as me, even if they are miles away.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and what'd be some of the more or less favourable aspects of the job?
1: You are never clean. <laughs> you are always dirty. You are covered in in coal dust or steel dust. That's it. My shower, there's little orange speckles in the bottom of it. And I was looking at that the other day, and I was like, "That that's rust."
0: Which oh is my god! <laughs>
1: steel dust coming off me and rusting into the the bottom of the shower. So yeah, you are you are always dirty. Always smell of smoke. But it's a good
0: laugh. Good fun. Fun. So we do a little bit of research on every industry that we have on um, sort of average, average income wise. Um, And we found some figures. Um, So starting blacksmith can be between 15 to sort of 19,000. And then with a lot of years of experience, it could possibly go up to as high as maybe 30,000. Now you've just started out, but from your experience and people, you know, does that sound about right?
1: I would say that that is, is about right. Maybe if, if you are like an apprentice, which I suppose is almost what I am, you know, I'm, I'm starting out, I'm at the very bottom, that that sort of 15, 15 to 20,000 sounds about right. But then I would say that if you are an experienced master blacksmith and you are at the top of your game, I would say that you probably earn a little bit more than, than 30,000, maybe 40,000. Okay.
0: And what are these master blacksmiths Doing? Are they doing a similar thing to you? You know, the artistry side, or do they get employed by companies to do certain things?
1: So there aren't really many companies that will employ blacksmiths. Um, a lot of them are just self-employed, and they are doing the same thing. They'll be doing, you know, gates again is 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 the main sort of income piece but then also other house renovations and, and things like that so the fireplaces, uh banisters, staircase banisters, things like that, railings, lots, lots of stuff.
2: And what would be something that's not in the job description that you uh you have to deal with? That's a good question. <laughs>
1: I'd say probably it is the tool making. Okay. And, and it's the problem solving. Somebody comes to you and they say can you make me this? Whatever it is, you've got to think, okay, I've got this straight piece of steel. How can I, it's all about the imagination and imagination in your head on how to get from A to B, what steps you need to do, whether you need to make any tools to get the finished product made. And that in a way is also what I quite like, but it's something that I didn't really think of at the start.
0: How does somebody begin to progress within the industry? You've mentioned you're an apprentice kind of level. Um, how are you going to reach the master blacksmith level? Is it a qualification or is it just experience?
1: So there are qualifications that you can do. Um, okay. Down at Hereford, Hereford University, I believe you can actually do a degree in artistic blacksmithing. Oh, wow. Um, but what I, that's that is an option for me. But I think what I want to prefer, what I want to do is like i said before go and travel so go and meet other master blacksmiths and work with them for a little while so you can sort of you know absorb their knowledge you know, in a way I have to
0: say we had um, we actually had a farrier on recently oh, yes. uh, and that was his big takeaway for anybody getting into sort of the blacksmith farrying world is to go round and work with um, you know very skilled professionals and just offer your services and he yeah, said that yeah. was w- what he wished he had done
1: yeah go 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 and find a master blacksmith and say I'll sweep up your forge for a month if you let me just watch you." you know you you, you've got to get in there you've got to dive in you can't you can't just be learning theory you have to go see it yourself and then have a go at it go and do it
2: so the industry is very much a, a mentored industry that you have to learn from somebody get them to take you under your wing and learn that way
1: that i would say is the quickest way to do it but obviously, like at the start, I was just trying to teach myself. Yeah. I would do that through YouTube and watch other people on YouTube and then go go home and do it
0: myself. And what do you think the future of blacksmithing is? You know, what what, what do you see it progressing into? Is it more of that artisan thing that you're doing? And, and hopefully the customer will really start to, um, uh, you know, love that kind of side of it.
1: Yeah, that is that is the 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 way that we've got to go is is handmade handmade locally made products and th- i mean there is the challenge for blacksmiths of the environment the the climate change crisis as i go to work every day and i burn bags of coal and that that has to change and so there are are options available to us so induction forges induction furnaces are probably the way that we're going to have to go and they're powered by electricity they do pull quite a lot of current but that's probably the way that we're going to have to go to get around burning coal burning gas yeah. to actually sustain blacksmithing
2: and uh, would you still go into the industry knowing all you know now
1: yes definitely
2: brilliant i love print. it yeah
1: i love it. It, it yeah
0: and so you've you've actually got uh, your youtube channel out which um like i mentioned i watched a video earlier and you've got a, a great instagram profile where you share all your stuff and, and tips and sort of tricks as well yeah. and how would you see that progressing is that going to be a big selling point for you so i think the whole
1: the social media presence is key definitely the, i mean there's the the orders that I'm getting in, people will often say, oh, I like your Instagram, oh, I like your YouTube. And it's about half of the orders that I get is through all that social media present. But I started it really to show what I was making, but also to to be that the person that I used to watch, if you know what I mean, to be the person who is helping other people try to get into the craft, giving my knowledge away to, yeah. to try and uh, increase popularity in blacksmithing.
0: That's a very cool thing to be doing. Um, listen, thank you so much, Oscar, for coming on. Uh, it's been a, been a great privilege to chat with you today.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Where can people find your YouTube, Instagram, and anything else you've got?
1: So YouTube is just Oscar Duck, I think. Uh, Instagram is OscarDuck underscore Blacksmith. And then I've also got a Facebook page, which is OscarDuck Blacksmith.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome talking to you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thanks, Oscar. Cheers. Bye.